Hi, today we are talking to Ruby, who is um, into poetry. She's an inner creative, an artist. She's a karaoke singer, a member of Artist Enclave of Denton County. She has a website on Tumblr. It's called Ruby Slay's World. She has been an artist and a singer and an inner creative for how many years? Oh, I think it's probably been since I was a kid. <laughs> no, you need your fingers off of it because <laughs> it's going to make noise every time you adjust it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time you touch it, it'll pick up every sound. Do you think it's doing anything? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Hi, today we are talking to Ruby, who is a um, poetry, poetry, into poetry, inner creative, an artist, karaoke singer, and a member of Artist Enclave of Denton County. She has a website that is Ruby Solis's World on Tumblr. Um, she has been an artist for probably since I was, can I remember, since I was a little kid. Oh, okay, so forever. And <laughs> we're pleased to introduce her. So sit back and enjoy. So Kimberly, uh, you just heard Kimberly Dietrich. I am Lisa West with the Quirky Questions Answer Podcast. So, Miss Ruby. Yes. Tell us a little bit, before we start our quirky okay. interrogation, tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do. I do a little bit of everything. I, I like to call myself a full-spectrum artist, or you could also label that as inner creative. I try to do a little bit of everything, just whatever comes into my head and just grabs me at the moment, which if it's writing a poem or doing sculpture, fiber art, painting, photography, you name it, I'll, I'll try to do it, jewelry. So I I love jewelry, but I love the jewelry I can't create. I love like this vintage jewelry with all the jewels and things like that. So I buy a lot of it, but that's not what I make. Um, I'm you know I, I try to do what's accessible, I guess. And um, yeah, so that's kind of me. Um, lately, I've been doing more photography, um, getting really into this digital world um, of photography. So. And let's see, um, just, you know, trying to um, keep creating. So sounds like you've got your fingers and all kinds of little creative pies. And that try. You are, yeah, it, well, it sounds like you're very expressive. So um, explain what an inner creative is. I don't know. Kim just dropped that <laughs> word into this podcast. So. An inner creative is, I think, everybody has an inner creative inside them. I think everybody just has to find what they're good at and create. And I believe you're very much an inner creative. Yes, it, my inner creative was never stifled. I hear people talk about that all the time. Like, oh, that teacher was mean or yada, yada, whatever, something that discouraged them. And then they just never got back to being creative. Right. So, I mean, I've had a lot of, like, coaches, teachers, anything. They'll say, oh, I'm not creative. It's like, you put together a playbook. You do something every – that is creative. You mm -hmm. have people follow you, or you are a leader, so people are mm – -hmm. that's that's creation. That's yeah. something that you do. So Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Everybody's cool. got it, I think. 
there. All right. We ready for some crazy questions? Yes. <laughs> okay. So is it, you want me to ask the questions? Let's see. I'll ask the first one. Okay. Okay. What was your most embarrassing moment? Oh my God. There are so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> I mean, there are so many embarrassing moments that I don't even get embarrassed anymore. So I'll just like relate the latest thing that should have been embarrassing, but that wasn't. Um, I was at the Bearded Monk. Awesome place. Great beer. And I was in the bathroom and um, luckily I was done and I was washing my hands and someone opened the door and they're like, oh, oh my God, I'm sorry. And I just kind of looked at her and I'm like, it's okay. And I'm still, you know, I'm finishing washing my hands. And then she started making a big deal with the door open about like, she didn't wait for me to get out of the bathroom and make a big deal about how awkward it was. She stood there in the doorway of the bathroom with the door open talking about how awkward it was and i'm just looking at her like i really don't understand why you keep going on about this and <laughs> yeah and yeah well yeah because i was washing these i was done and i'm like um it'll just be a second but she kept talking about how i was embarrassed and i'm like i'm looking at her like not really and you know and i'm just like well i'm almost done um you know and i'm trying not to say calm down because you should never tell people to calm down and then after i'm done then she goes in and the guy behind the bar says that was the most awkward thing i've ever seen <laughs> and then other time i said well hey man i only do awkward so she was trying to make me uncomfortable it was just all on her because i don't care oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was actually at the last Artist Enclave event that we had there. It was the one where Randall wanted us to bob apples and and oh he he was yeah, and he was trying to get artists who already have arthritis to twist off the stems of the apples. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm like, you know, anyway, but that was a, it was a membership drive. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's the first night I met you, wow. Lisa. Oh wow. really? Yeah. I, I just remember the the oily sheen on that water. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I remember oh. they were wanting me to talk. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's this thing is the water in Denton has, has an oily sheen. It's really oh. weird. Yeah. I think there were a few faces that have been in that, Thank you. that, that bucket of water. So. <laughs> I was just like, no. and I don't like water in my nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people snorting yeah. the water out. Yeah, I wasn't, I don't want to do that again. That was nasty. <laughs> All right. Okay, Lisa, your well, question. I'm curious, who is your worst inspiration? My worst inspiration, like good, bad, or bad, good, or however you, oh, you want to say. My worst inspiration is probably Pinterest because. It, there's just so much out there and I can just like really go down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden it's like three in the morning and I'm trying to get onto Russian sites and trying to figure out how they do and do their artwork and then I'm convincing myself that yes I can read the Russian I do know what they're talking about um, you know and, and things like that so I think that would be my worst inspiration because it kind of quickly goes from inspiration to just obsession. devolution, <laughs> not even obsession, because obsession could actually be very helpful. This is more like devolution. I just like, 
nothing happens. <laughs> and all I'm doing is like reading and I've gotten some yen and I can't go to sleep. So yeah, Pinterest, even though I have a Pinterest page, but I do too. yeah, that, that would be my worst inspiration. Thanks, Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Um, my question, what is your least favorite cuss word? My least favorite cuss word. Ooh, I actually have a lot of least favorite cuss words that are derogatory to women um, because it's said really mean, said really mean. Like someone might say bitch, right? But bitch is used in a variety of ways. But there are certain words that are never used like that. They're only used in one way and they're used very angrily and very mean. Um, cunt is one of them. Yeah. yeah. And then, Definitely. yeah. And then. Hashtag me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really the big one there um, okay. that I have. And then there's others that are so creative. I never would have thought of them on my own. And I can't even think of them right now. But later on, if one pops into my head, I'll mention it. Okay. Uh, you yeah. just, just blurt it out. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just blurt it out. Um, but yeah, that that's a big one I, I don't like. And now I'm I like if I hear someone say that, I just like completely do the Latina ignore. I'm like, no, you don't exist for a while. <laughs> that gets put on extinction now. Me too. It gets put on extinction. I'm not even going to address it because every time I address it, you think it's funny. It's not funny. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, do you believe aliens exist? <laughs> yes, I truly believe that I had an alien encounter. Oh my god! So oh, I do. I do. Yeah. So, um, they look like us? No, okay. they did not look like us. It was kind oh, of scary. Okay. Yeah. So, where I grew up, I grew up near um, a place called Forbes Air Force Base, right outside of Topeka, Kansas. And basically, ever since I was a little kid, everyone was like, oh, it's um, it's a decommissioned Air Force base. And I'm like, bullshit, it's not a decommissioned Air Force base because, you know, up through, you know, maybe now it is, but up through college, there are military aircraft flying in and out of that place. And um, then when I learned about Area 51, right, then I'm like, okay, so that's one of the places that those experimental craft can fly to is Forbes Air Force Base, fuel up, fly back, right? right. Um, but yeah, so um, it was something that growing up, I always heard the aircraft go over our house. And so, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I mean, there are times when I would just freak myself out and I would see things that aren't there, like the little gray men and, and things like right. that. You know, and I know that for what it is. But one night I had this dream, which may not have been a dream. So I'll leave it up to you, listener, to if, whether or not you think this was a dream or not. But I truly believe that that night that I, that I was sleepwalking so that I really had this encounter. And so in my dream, it starts where I'm looking out at my best friend's property and they had this, they had corn growing out like way in the back, you know, back 40 acres and 
that's not an expression. They really did have a ton of land. And there was corn or mile or whatever. So in my dream, I'm seeing that kind of like from above. And then I start to get this really weird feeling. I've never had this feeling before ever. Never had it since then. And it's just this this really, I can't even explain it. I mean, there's, there's nothing next to it that I that I've ever encountered before where I can, you know, compare it to. So it's just this really weird feeling. And um, I feel, then the next thing I feel is like there's something coming down. So like, I don't know if you have ever been in the presence of a helicopter landing. It kind of felt like that. And, but at the time, I'd never been in the presence of a helicopter landing. It wasn't until way later when I was visiting Galveston and we walked by this hotel that had a helipad and the helicopter was landing. Then I'm like, oh, that's that feeling. So, but then I had that feeling and that something was just, that something was just coming down. And so then in the, the dream or in the sleepwalk, I got up. Um, out of bed and I walked outside uh, I walked up the stairs and outside the house because my my room was in the basement at the time and so one of the things to know about where I lived was there were no there are no lights it wasn't a suburb it was basically it was just a little cluster of houses outside of the city of Topeka and it was black as night the only light yeah the only light you would ever get would be moonlight out there and nobody had area lights the street lights were quarter mile half a mile away and so I walk outside and there was this thing standing there and it was nothing that I could have ever have imagined on my own. And I'm a creative person it's nothing I could have ever imagined on my own what I was looking at. It was this something that was, it was colored black. And I say that because I don't believe I was looking at organic skin or material. It was metal. So it was like some type of black metal-like material. And, and it looked very hard and very rigid. And, um, or it could have been an exoskeleton because the head was a helmet. It looked like a helmet but the face peering out of the helmet, or maybe it was the whole head, looked very insectoid with very large insectoid red eyes. And the whole thing was very large, as in tall, but very, very thin, like thinner than a human being would ever really look like. I mean, thinner than the Dinka people in Africa. I mean, um, It was just like, and it like totally freaking terrified me. And then two more came up behind that one. And I had this feeling like they were trying to talk to me, but there was, I could hear no sound coming out. Mm -hmm. And I was just like really, really, really freaked out. And I got, I was terrified. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up in bed and um, that was like, the worst thing ever. That was like probably the second worst bad dream I've ever had. Oh did, my did gosh. Did you hear anything or like did you feel sometimes I've heard people 
mention um, having interesting encounters where they're expecting someone or something to talk to them, uh-huh. but instead they get a, a mental image or they just get like a feeling that translates into something being said or yeah. communicated. Was yeah. it anything like that? I, I had the feeling I didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything in my head, but I had the feeling like they were that they were communicating with me. I just couldn't understand it, what it was at all. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We've had a okay. question here. Have you had a nightmare come true? And I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I even had to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of dreams. I've had a lot of dreams come true, actually. Like, I don't know if you have ever watched Medium, but the way, yeah, yeah the way Medium is filmed is exactly what I experience. Like when she has her her dreams or her visions and then the next day the same thing happens. That that happens that used to happen to me all the time. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So they weren't really nightmares. It was just a very weird experience that, you know, um that I would dream about something and then like a couple of days or a couple of months um, or even a couple of years later that dream would come true. And then there it was like unfolding right as I, the same way I had dreamed it. Oh, mm-hmm. have you ever tried to paint, paint the alien type or any of that? Um, the alien, I probably could do a relatively decent, um, facsimile of, yeah. But, um, other dreams that like came true, it's just too photorealistic. Um, I'm not, I'm not that kind of artist. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like, like, (laughs) not like that, like airbrush extraordinaire where, where anything I look, where, you know, and I, when I do my art, it, it looks like it's real. I'm not like that, so, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting, though. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because when you were talking about being inner creative, I was like, oh, she uses her psychic ability. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, so you sound like the you. same. Like, yeah. And, you know, there's this dude on YouTube. You need to check him out. His name is Corey Good, And he's on Gaia, too, but he talks about being uh, a intuitive individual who um, was used in some space program it sounds really outlandish and crazy but he was used in in like a space program and has communicated with other beings because he's intuitive since he was a a little child and um, I think he's releasing like a a comic book about Uh his experiences because he he wants to be able to tell his story and just Mm -hmm. get it out there yeah um, I've heard that people whether it be alien or just even ghosts or, or yeah. spirits that they they have dreams prolific dreams or they yeah. have um, they're very creative and they're very sensitive people too yeah. not sensitive in a negative way but sensitive to other people's yeah. emotions and energy and they can tap into this other plane yeah, of plane, existence yeah. that most of us well. are ignoring you know, <laughs> or, or we're just not aware of yeah. Well, luckily with those particular aliens, I was not intuitive. Uh, <laughs> not what no, I they were trying to say. They were really way too insectoid looking for me. I'm like terrified <laughs> of insects. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My let's see. 
What did you not want to be when you grew up? What did I not want to be? <laughs> Probably what I ended up doing. Um, <laughs> no, I not want to be doing something. I didn't want to be doing anything that was hard, that was like physically hard. Um, and I, I know like if we were t talking about like thinking about a specific profession, the only, when I was a kid, that is the only specific profession that I knew I didn't want to be would have been um, a teacher or um, any, probably anything in the, um, not necessarily the medical field, but the part of the medical field where you had to take care of people like orderlies, nurses, um, you know, things like that. Cause I didn't, I was very afraid of people. So I wouldn't have wanted to do any of that. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, mostly when I was a kid, mostly my visions of what I would do when I grew up were mostly fantastical. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't dreading what, what realistically what I could end up doing. It was more fantasizing about what was fun to do. So. Okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. Well, <laughs> yes, if you were elected president, who would you fire? You're fired. Who would I fire? Who fire. I'd fire, like, like in the cabinet, in like in the... the oh, just anybody. Uh, anybody that the president can fire, I would fire them all. <laughs> I'd say, get the fuck there? out. Who would you put in there? I don't know. Yeah, well, then I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I probably, yeah, I probably wouldn't fire, um, I probably wouldn't fire the um, service staff. Okay. I probably wouldn't okay. fire them, but I'd, I'd fire everyone else. And I say, get the fuck out, man. And then, <laughs> and then all of the service people, like the butlers and the servers and the kitchen workers, I'd make them all advisors. Oh, I'd okay, say so. if you if you still wanted to be what you were doing before, that's cool. But you know, I call you up and ask you your advice. I'm paying you as an advisor, and um, you just you know let me think what you what you think. All right. Um, and then so now you didn't say that there were any constraints on who I would hire. <laughs> no, there, no. None. there are none no constraints. No. So I would probably pick like a super group of politicians from the past. You know, like um Justice. Yeah, right. like um I'd probably pick like Teddy Roosevelt to be my vice president just because he can fucking whip people into shape. Like, get your fucking asses in gear and just do something already. Quit this fucking around, man. You know, I think Teddy could, like, really do that. Lead the Senate. Teddy could do a really good job with that. Um, yeah, just different people like that. Um, Franklin, of course. Um, you know, bring back, you know, I don't know, probably uh, other people from other countries, too. Like um, Desmond Tutu, or you know, oh, yeah. yeah, or something like that, or you know, I would just um, give it I don't know. I would news. get it. Yeah, I would give it a. I give it a whole. I'd probably bring some people up, but you know, if you started getting really toxic, I'd just plant you back down. You know, it may be Beto up, but if you started bringing it, being a whiny bitch, I'd be like, <laughs> you're gone. You know. <laughs> Um, I like, uh, what's that chick, And is it Andrea? AOC? AOC. Yeah, AOC. 
they all know who I'm talking about. But I heard that her uh, that her chief of staff or whatever is like a real pain in the ass. I, I probably wouldn't be able to tolerate him. But uh, okay. if she just came up on board, I'd, I'd probably be okay with it. Um, yeah, and then hmm, bringing other people back from the dead. Um, <laughs> Kennedy, I'd probably bring. Uh, Robert, I'd bring definitely. I don't know if I'd bring John, but I, I would bring Robert back. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. All right, vote for Ruby. <laughs> Ruby for president. Conjure up all the dead people. Yeah, yeah. And if you're fucking around, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down to your house, and I'm gonna down to your tent to, to, yeah, I'm gonna get down to the senate of their house, and I'm gonna, you know, say, do your fucking job, or you can't go home for Christmas, goddammit. And I'm gonna sit here until something gets passed. And if I don't like it, I'm gonna send it back to you and gonna do it all over again. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's my question. <laughs> what is your biggest hope? My biggest hope? That, that happens. Oh, God. <laughs> biggest hope for me or just my biggest altruistic hope? However you want to do it. I'm gonna it. I think my biggest altruistic hope, oh, I hope I don't cry. Oh, <laughs> you can cry. You can, it's okay. <laughs> um, I, just that whole, just quit throwing people in prison that didn't do anything fucking wrong, man. I mean, there's, you know, you're just doing this out of hate and people keep, and they keep saying this over and over again, like things I post and stuff like that, you know, you're, you're, you know, you say you're not racist, but you're really racist when you're excusing what's being done down South because you're quoting law and you're quoting policy and you're going knickknacking with this and that you're lawyering your racism so much so that you don't even know you're a racist. And I have, I have more respect for someone who is just an out and out racist who just says, you know, I fucking hate people that aren't the same as me. I have more respect for that person. And that person is much less dangerous than the person, you know, who, you know, works in a law office in middle America and, um, you know, and, and talks about the letter of the law and how it's okay to put these people in jail and to separate families. It's okay to do that, but it's, but, but then, completely ignores the fact that they're not doing that up north. Oh, but it's not a problem. Well, how do you know it's not a problem? What is your definition of a problem? A problem is not a law. And a you know, problem is how you perceive it. And you're perceiving this problem, quote unquote, in a very racist way. And that makes you racist. So just say you're racist. So my hope is for people who are really racist to figure out that they're really fucking racist <laughs> and to not be fucking racist anymore. And that, yeah, and that, you know, people realize that they go out and vote and we stop torturing people because that's what you're doing torturing people and you're creating genocides and genocide doesn't have to be you know putting someone uh you know in a gas chamber it doesn't have to be that way it can come in many forms and you know imprisoning and separating families is is usually the front line of of genocide and and it started with colonialism because all you people think that you're that you're better than everyone. You think you are a DAR whether you are or not, and um, you know, and that you came over on that Mayfield or Mayflower, whatever the hell it was, <laughs> but you really didn't. You know, like maybe your person that came here, you know, either through San Francisco or Ellis Island, maybe they were fleeing the law because they were a thief and a murderer. 
and they got to come here and start over um, and they were given that chance and you're not you're not given that chance to other people and I understand that you might be frightened at the amount of people that are coming over but if you do your history and you do your research you'll realize that the United States caused a lot of that and other countries have ways of dealing with the problem when they have influx of people in that way and they did not do what we decided to do they did not separate families and so um and then they did not lose children that were separated so um uh, yeah i just you know think about that i mean it's okay if you're if you realize wow i'm a fucking bigot i'm a racist that's okay it's okay if you say, I don't want to be like that anymore. And it's not okay if you say, I don't want to be that way anymore. And you want to actively pursue your own interests. But I'm going to have more respect for you because you're going to be a lot less dangerous. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you for answering our questions. Yes. Really glad that you were here to join us for our podcast. Yes. Our, first, <laughs> our first one ever. Yay. Our first recording. Yes. Very excited. Very excited. Yay. I'm glad to answer all your questions. Oh, wait. What about the moon landing? Well, we're all we're almost out of time. Oh, uh, that many people can't keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer. There's your answer about the moon. We answered it for you. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Oh, thank you for coming. Thank you. So, if you want to learn more about Ruby's art or you want to get in touch with her, um, you want to go to rubysoleilsworld.tumblr.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we will. See you guys, hear you guys, talk to y'all guys later. That's right. <laughs> <A> bonus. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.